It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. <laughs> Welcome to Barely in Topic. It's been a while. Now, I'd like to say that this was a planned absence kind of thing, but it kind of fell into this um, category of uh, undefined in the respect of uh, we had a, an episode that we supposedly recorded and, well, it didn't, the audio files disappeared. This kind of stuff happens. But then after that, Jeff disappeared and then Tim disappeared and then I didn't know what was really happening. So guess what? I have old timer Nick here with hey. me. Hey, y'all. <laughs> First of all, congratulations. He, you are a proud, uh, of, <laughs> I know it said alumna, but it's alumnus of I, Salem College. Aware. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I saw that picture and I, I wanted to point that out. Like that was one of the times where I'm like, put the phone down. You don't need to tell him. He probably knows. It's okay. So yes, I am now a college graduate. It took 13 years. Um, but you know, uh who cares it was worth it um but yeah i graduated from a predominantly female uh woman's college and so all their graduation stickers uh read alumna so i just went with it yeah yeah. that that's great that's fine i I, like i said i saw that that and i was going to put it out and i was going to tell you maybe you shouldn't put that in your car and then i'm like nope put the phone down everything's fine he knows he went to an all women's school uh, <laughs> as continuing education which yeah. is the part that is co-ed right so yes. it is totally fine you don't need to say anything it's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> just give it a like then move on no i mean it's very important because i think in this day and age um the idea of self-editing is lost at times you know um and unfortunately uh in this uh yeah in the covid times unlike the before times i i i'm really choosing my words wisely Mm -hmm. that's how it is i just haven't been active on social media it doesn't make me feel better and I don't really feel like talking, but I'm going to talk here. I'm also going to talk. Yeah, let's do the talking here. We're going to talk about some stuff that's happening. Before, in the episode that never was to be, we were talking about how they had finally decided that they were going to let in 24 teams into this this, uh, post-season bubble, or I guess post-season bubbles. But basically... They they worked it out so that there would be a round robin. So like the you know the top two teams from each division get to sit out and do a round robin where they get to play each other for seeding, mm-hmm. and then the other teams. Uh, let's see if we can add this up. Uh, eight teams, yes, because it's twelve. Eight. <laughs> divide by two carry the one no just kidding um <laughs> the other eight teams would then play a qualifying round of five games the best of five games i should say right so that's where your montreals and other teams that just shouldn't be in 
the postseason, but somehow they got in because everybody wants it to be fair. Whatever. It's okay. Uh, so your Montreal's, your Columbus Blue Jackets, your, you know, whatever. They're there. So how do you feel about that, Nick? You know, many people have argued that this was a dumb format. And I agree with them. But with one massive caveat. Mm. I don't care. <laughs> we have gone better or for worse. I'm not going to argue about the morality of making people move away from their families and compete in competitive sport against each other. I'm not going to do that. But they may be there. You know, they may be sad and lonely, but their sacrifice is something I am willing to make. <laughs> so we've gone so long without hockey I really don't care that this format is extremely bizarre and doesn't really make sense. Technically, the season never had a proper ending. So technically, many of these teams still had a chance. Like Dumb and Dumber, so you're telling me there's a chance. (laughs) Yes, Chicago, technically you could have gotten into the playoffs. In all likelihood, no. So this seems to be... A fun, ridiculous way to give, uh, I guess, give it some sort of conclusion, and then the playoffs will begin after this weird introductory round. I just hope you know one of these uh, intro, not one of these uh, extra teams, don't win the whole thing. That would look bad. Massive chaos. Uh, but if the Bruins are out, yeah, I'm rooting for like Columbus, Arizona. Or something like that. Uh, I'll root for Montreal. Let's just let's just let a 500 team into the in, win the whole thing. Why not? Hey, if Montreal has to play the Leafs, I'm going Montreal all the way. Oh yeah, me too. I just ugh, God, I just can't stand the Leafs, and I do enjoy Leafs fans being sad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it falls. I mean, it, you know, it's like look. Someday that Habs rivalry is going to be sparked up again and we're going to hate them as much as we hate the Leafs. But right now they're kind of pathetic. Right. And right. may in, Hey, Mark Bergevin, you should have that job forever because you make a very terrible team, but it's really hard to hate your team because they're so sad. Just so you- sad. If you're a fan, uh, I've said this before in uh, on, a, on a podcast. If you're a general fan of the NHL, you actually want the Montreal Canadiens, the most storied franchise in the NHL, to be a dominant team. It just makes life more interesting. Mm-hmm. As a Bruins fan, I want them to win all the games except when they play Boston. Because it just makes those Boston Habs games all the more potent. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it when the Bruins beat them. I think it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Always a good day to hate the Habs. It's it's a glorious day to yeah. hate the Habs. I think I coined that way long ago. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, it's just hard to hate them as much as I hate the Leafs right now. Because the Leafs feel like they're entitled. Like, they feel like you should just hand over the Stanley Cup to them. And it's like, <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> you have to go through a first round against Boston again. <laughs> that, and that's probably, I really hope that happens. And knowing that the hockey gods, that's what will happen in your first true first round of the playoffs. We'll probably play Toronto. Oh, I hope not. I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. <laughs> no, 
This is this is how it shall be. Oh. <laughs> it will go seven games. Oh. Um, but Tuka Rask will score this time, so it'll be okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. Not- noted goal scorer, yeah. Tuka Rask. I mean, a Finnish goalie did score a goal this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pecorine. Pecorine. Mm-hmm. Or as uh, uh, when, he, when he answered the phone when one of the Finnish reporters called him, he said, uh, Pekka Solane. <laughs> <laughs> I like I love Finnish players. They're so fun. <laughs> anyway, I'm not I'm not going to get into too much when I think about matchups right now. Other than I think we should announce that uh, what people already know, probably, but they do have some dates in the bubble already. They have the game against Columbus. They're solitary exhibition game because basically the players said, nah, we only need one game. Don't give us two games. Give us one game before anything counts. Uh, so the Bruins will be playing the Columbus Blue Jackets at 7 p.m. Oh, apparently they're at the Blue Jackets. Yeah, that's an away game. <laughs> <laughs> it's an away game for the Bruins in Toronto. <laughs> so that's 7 p.m. on uh, Thursday, August 30th. And from what I understand, Nesson's getting that game. So, oh. so basically, if you're uh, if you view through Nesson, uh, there you go. If you view through other methods, some of your telecasts might be um, Nesson broadcasts, and some may not. That's fine. Uh, and then um, the official games for the round robins start up on uh, August second with Philadelphia Bruins are the home team in that one. Uh, so uh, that is a three p.m. start on Sunday, August. Second, I believe Nesson has that game too. I could be wrong. Let me see if I click on it. What does it say? Oh. I get nothing when I click on it. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, all right, whatever. We'll figure it out. Wednesday, August 5th, they are at home against Tampa Bay at 4 p.m., uh, which Bruce Cassidy did say this week he expected at least one game at 4 p.m. in the bubble. And uh, he was going to have some of the Bruins do some afternoons, uh, afternoon practicing to be ready for a 4 p.m. start. Ah. So, uh, yeah. So that's, uh, like I said, Wednesday, August 5th. And mm-hmm. when, uh, when, let's try that again. It's not Wednesday. It can't be Wednesday if it's the 8th. Uh, Saturday, August 8th, uh, they are away against Washington. Time to be determined. Very exciting. I'm, I, I, I am just on pins and needles knowing when that puck drop's going to be. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to predict it's going to be 7 p.m. Whoa. Uh, or maybe 8 p.m. if they're doing four. I don't know. Weekends? Hmm. Uh, 7 p.m. I'm going to say 7 p.m. That's how excited I am. Hopefully it's not one of those dumb matinees at like 5 o'clock. I'm like, um, I feel bad for my employer once the the playoffs really kick in because I'm not going to get any work done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as a person who one time was taking an art class and I was a little bit bored in this art class because quite frankly, like when you promise me that we're going to draw figures and I'm still drawing my hand, like, Mm -hmm. you know, six weeks in, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm really good at drawing my hand, but I'm tired of doing it. I left in the middle of class and I said, sorry, 
NHL playoffs start tonight. It wasn't even the Bruins. <laughs> just the playoffs. It was the playoffs. I'm like, I- I've got to go. I I just can't. I can't be here. I got to go. And I left. And I <laughs> never went back to the class. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do intend going back to work. Okay, that's, that's good. Yeah. You're just going to be at uh, partial efficiency. Well, I'm looking at that Wednesday 4 p.m. game. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll clock in early. And once the game at 4 starts, bring my laptop into the living room and do the light work for the day in front of the game. Yeah, I think that sounds perfectly fine. I think that's what I'm going to do. Things that you can kind of just like mindlessly do. That's fine. It's good. I think it's fine. Okay, so, yep, so we have an idea of when some games will happen. Basically, right now, the Bruins have just gotten into game, uh, not game, let's try it again, into phase three of the NHL's return to play. And, uh, you know, we've had a a couple of days, I think, I believe uh, today was a maintenance day for some of the older guys. But Pasta finally showed up. And I think Andre Kasha did as well. But, I mean. Andre Case. I want to call him Kaza, and so does Ben. I'm going to call him Kaza because that's the word, uh, the German word for cheese. Oh, yeah, Andre Cheese. Yes, Andre which reminds, Cheese. Yes, which reminds me of Jake de Brusque, which is of course Spanish for of brusque. Of brusque, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, um, Andre Cheese. And uh, I, I just want him to score a goal because I want to bust out my uh, my little saying for him. Kaja Gugu! <laughs> <laughs> his, and his goal song would be Too Shy by Kaja Gugu. <laughs> anyway, uh, they were one hit wonder. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, back in like 1983. I'm old. It's okay. Um, so anyway. Uh, so the Bruins are practicing at Warrior. There are all sorts of precautions. I read the 20-page um, ah, protocol for how they're handling all of the testing and so on and so forth. And basically, I don't think I really want to get into that. It's just, it's kind of boring. But let's just get into some of the, the minor details about that. Players have to monitor their temperatures at home. Mm. So basically, they were supposed to get equipment from the team, basically thermometers, right? I don't know what kind of thermometers. Not really important. Rectal, of course. Uh, <laughs> that gives Continue, the most. Yes. That gives the most accurate core temperature. Oh, it does. However, uh, not really the most comfortable, you know, and. It requires a little bit of lube, so I'm sure plenty of players have that hanging around, or they should be I bringing mean, some to the bubble. That's all yes. I can say. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, so they have to monitor their temperature no su- uh, no later two hours before they go into to the, the arena. Mm-hmm. All right, so they're supposed to communicate it through the Edge 10 app, which is uh, an app that tab well not tabulates but communicates uh, between teams and athletes and kind of t- collects data so they can tell what their temperature is then they get the temperature taken when they get to the arena um they have tests like basically every other day covid tests 
And essentially what happens is that if a player tests positive, they're not going to leak those results to the media. They're not going to say them. And all they're going to say now, if a player is injured or if they test positive or anything, is that they're unable to play or unable to practice. That's it. They can't say more. And then the NHL is supposed to really actually handle all of that stuff from now on, like uh, about, you know, testing and stuff. So so that's the first part of the testing. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, 20 pages and that's basically the, the stuff. It, they also talk about how to handle cases that are symptomatic versus asymptomatic and so on and so forth. And it's all common sense stuff. You're going to take care of the players. That's that's all you need to know. And they're trying to make sure that um, players' families don't have to deal with going out in the public too much either so they can lower their risk of exposure. So, um, so the players' families can actually get errands and uh, grocery services and all that stuff done for them by the team. That is very nice for them. That is very nice because we know that players have families. So this is an important thing. Uh, yeah. So I just basically, you know, we're not going to talk about that 20 page thing. I read it. You don't have to. But what's exciting is they're back to practicing. And Bruce Cassidy says that everybody looks pretty good. And uh, that's really great. I I want I thought I was going to be a lot more excited about this. I mean, I yeah. am excited, but I guess, you know. It kind of feels like preseason or like when the players first show up for training camp is it cool yeah is it that cool no it's not that cool i i I, for me it's still sinking in that um oh it's the middle of july and meaningful hockey is about to be played in two weeks and three days at the time of this recording so um you know pinch me is it real i think so we'll know in a couple of days yeah, I mean, I know that there are a lot of people who are really uh, naysaying this and they think that it's not actually going to be pulled off. And they might actually be very correct on this. Uh, at the end of that 20-page thing, it said that either side, whether it's the Players Association or the NHL, can pull the plug on this thing, you mm. know, and they can just, you know, just basically uh, just end the season because they can't make it work. So... But, the, you know, hockey players, I think, are a little bit different than other athletes in that they're more likely to just kind of stay in their bubble, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, we know that there have been, like, there were 30 positive tests that were returned during phase two, which was the voluntary skating phase. And we know that was just people who actually showed up. There were 12 additional tests of people who didn't show up to the voluntary thing but they were tested anyway. So we know that positive tests will happen as to whether or not they'll spread it. That's the danger, right? And, uh, you know, a lot of, it sounds like, honestly, a lot of the, uh, the, the positive tests that have come back have been players who have been asymptomatic. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Uh, Who knows uh, if they're actually truly, uh, you know, I, I did a little bit of research on the testing. They're doing the nasal swabs. They're not doing blood testing. Okay, they're not using serology because that only detects after 
you've been exposed mm-hmm. and when you've developed antigens. But they are doing the nasal swab PCR array uh, assays, I should say. And uh, essentially, it's basically because that's the one that's really approved for by FDA and uh, Health Canada. So there are other experimental ones that they're not using. So they've got a lot of things going on. There's like all sorts of sanitation things. There's all sorts of social distancing things that they're they're going to do with the players. Uh, everybody, they have players that are, I mean, they have people who are access to players and people who are non-access to players. And right now the media is non-access to players. So everything's being done by Zoom. It's fine. Media can right now go into the local areas, but I don't think they're going to be allowed up in Toronto. So to watch practices or anything. So that that's fine. So they're doing a lot of stuff. Now, whether or not anybody thinks like this is the good thing to do because we have a general testing problem here in the U.S. Well, I'm not here to argue the morality of all this. Okay. Uh, my, my job in quotation marks right now is <laughs> to talk about how to- hockey is returning. Um, I'm, I'm generally excited about it. Uh, it'll be nice to see the season get wrapped up. I really don't want players to get infected, get ill, whatnot, but people are going to make their own decisions. And at the end of the day, players had the option to opt out. One player from the Bruins did. And that was Stephen Camper. And he had, you know, I mean, any good, any reason is good enough to Mm -hmm. opt out. Okay, I'm just going to lay that caveat out right now. Any reason is good enough. Uh, both his wife and his his son have congenital heart defects. So that is an excellent reason to not expose them, risk exposure of himself. You know what? Uh, I, I'm sad that he won't be able uh, to participate because last year, you know, he had that one really electrifying goal, you know, and he sent was, a guy to another dimension. Yeah. So it's like, um, and he's, you know, he's a good guy. Um, but like his place right now is at home. And I think that's an excellent thing for him. Um, so that's, you know, so it's sad. But uh, basically, like I said, there any reason is a good reason to opt out. You know, you should be able to make your own personal decision without having to pay any penalties for that. And that's basically what they set up. And that's great. He's not the only player that opted out. Now, my list might not be correct here. It might be more players. I didn't see any in the last few days, though, uh, because the uh, deadline was, I believe, Tuesday or Wednesday. But anyway, I think it was Wednesday. What? Wait a minute. Today's Wednesday. <laughs> okay, so your opt-outs. You had Travis Hamannick of the Flames, Stephen Camper of the Bruins, Sven Berchi, I think that's how you say his name, from the Canucks, Carl Alsner from the Habs, who's, I forgot that he was still had a contract with the Habs because he's been buried for so long. Uh, Mike Green from the Oilers. I forgot Mike Green still played. Yeah, well, uh, he got traded, I think, um, from the Red Wings to the Oilers, right? So Yeah, I looked, I looked it up. He only played two games with Edmonton. Uh, well, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. He he opted out for health reasons. That's fine. Zach Trotman uh, also opted out because his wife is expecting. So that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Now, Roman Polak, 
uh, from Dallas. He, first of all, he's a special case because one, he said he wasn't going to come back for the postseason anyway. Two, he's a pending UFA and he already signed a deal in Czech Republic for next season. So he wasn't coming back anyway. Ah. So essentially when they stopped playing in, uh, in March, he decided he wasn't coming back anyway. So it's fine. Now, there's another special case. Max Domi has opted to take seven to ten days to decide whether or not he was going to uh, going to join the team. He has type one diabetes. That is a high risk. If Max Domi decides not to play, I think that would be an excellent decision for him because, uh, you know, like I said, very high risk with type one diabetes, especially he's young. He shouldn't have to deal with that right now. So I really hope for his own health, he doesn't play. It has nothing to do with him being on the, the Habs. It has everything to do with the fact that, you know, um, he should keep his health, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, but he might decide to play. Who knows? But they, they agreed to let him uh, think about it for a little time. And I, I think that's really, that's a good idea. Let him think about it. Let him make his choice. I hope he makes the right one. So, yeah. All right. So that is, wow, that's a lot of information already, I think, on COVID stuff and whatever. Let's talk about some critical dates. Yes. Ready? Critical dates, critical dates. Everybody likes the critical dates. Critical dates. Yes. Um, I, I, you know, one of these days we're going to have a musical episode um, Jeff fights it. So does Tim. I know they're both horrible singers, but it's fine. See, I, I, I think Tim, if you'd let it, the music just hit him, he would be, be fantastic. Absolutely so, fantastic. So should we let the rhythm yes. get him? Is the, is the rhythm going to get him? Yes. The rhythm's going to get you. The rhythm's going to get you. The rhythm's going to get you. Ow! Um, yes. Um, Maybe and maybe Jeff could play like the straight man for the episode, you know, like doesn't is 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 annoyed by the music around him. <laughs> Why are all these people singing? <laughs> <laughs> maybe we do a podcast and the three of us are in on it being a musical episode, and we don't tell Jeff. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> Why are you all singing? <laughs> We're not singing, Jeff. It's all in your head. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. <laughs> critical dates, critical dates. <laughs> Everybody loves the critical dates. Critical dates. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why I did that to the Spider-Man theme instead of. (laughs) 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 I really should do it to some like Billy Joel, because you know what? I'm going to tell you when I go do karaoke, Mm -hmm. Billy Joel is like pretty much in my range. Oh, especially younger Billy Joel. Mm. You know what I mean? Which is honestly the better. It's the better. It's the better Billy Joel. So. Anyway, hey, critical dates. Uh, 
all right. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying it this way. 7.13, training camp's open. That's already happened. It's already happened. It's happening right now. 7.26, which is 13 days uh, away from that date, which is only like 11 now from here. Oh, yeah. By the way, we're recording on Wednesday, July 15th. 15th. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whew. Dates. <laughs> Who knows what those are anymore? Um, yeah. So the 26th, they're traveling to the hub city, which in this case is Toronto. I mean, also, you know, Vegas was supposed to be a hub city, but they Whoopsie! chose... Yeah, they chose Edmonton instead. I think that was a good decision. Yes. Um, last temptation. Still lots of alcohol. Okay, so the 28th through the 30th is when the exhibition games will happen. One per team. So we already know that the, the Bruins are right in on that action on the 28th, I believe. So they get it done. That's good. Okay, so eight, uh, yeah, let's try that again. August 1st. The Stanley Cup qualifiers begin. Ooh. Sounds so spooky. I know. <laughs> well, you know, what's really interesting is they're going to wrap that up in like 10 days or nine days, actually, because everybody gets this day off. It's so, it, you know, it's a holiday. The draft lottery day is August 10th. Everybody gets the day off. Oh. Okay. Can, can we talk about the draft lottery? Oh. Okay. Uh, do we have to? Well, we I can guess... just we'll just talk about it like this. Ready? One of the teams who gets kicked out of the Stanley Cup qualifying round will be eligible to get the number one overall draft pick. Yeah. Because somebody done fucked up. And the Kings, I believe, are in the second position, and the Senators are in the third. Mm -hmm. And the team that probably should have gotten it, which was, I don't know, was it the Red Wings? Was it? Oh, the, the Red Wings were, like, super bad. Was it the Red Wings that went down to eighth, or was that the Jer Jersey Devils? I can't remember, but you're going to look it up. Good. Yeah. I know the Wings dropped to fourth. Oh, and, and New Jersey dropped to seven. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the Red Wings have all opted out of the Stanley Cup playing the playoff round. Oh, well, that, 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 <laughs> that um, avoids them the awful embarrassment of realizing they didn't play well enough to make it. <laughs> um. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to to see who gets that draft lottery uh, position, that number one overall pick. Ah, <sighs> man. Okay, so the first uh, round begins on the 11th. The second round begins on the 25th. Uh, the September 8th is when the conference finals begin. And the Stanley Cup final will begin in Edmonton. Yes, it's in Edmonton for the first time in forever it will be uh starting the 22nd of september the last possible day for the stanley cup final will be the uh, 4th of october and they're looking right now tentatively for the uh entry draft to be the 9th through 10th of october hmm. 
Yes. So um, in the meantime, they are announcing the uh, finalists for many awards this week. They've just started doing that. And they are going to, during the conference round, uh, the conference, I'm sorry, conference final round, they will re- re, uh, they will announce who won each of those awards. Now, we already know that the Bruins have won a couple of different awards. They got the President's Trophy because they had 100 points. They led the league with pointage. Pointage, we're, yep, that's a new word. Pointage, pointage, yes. Pointage. Pointage! And Tuka Rask and Yaroslav Halak because William Jennings. Yes, they're mm-hmm. so awesome. They got the William Jennings uh, Award. And then, last but not least, our dear, sweet David Pasternak. He is the co-winner of the Rocket Richard Trophy with Alex Ovechkin. How, Ovechkin, okay, okay, well, first I'll give both of them props, but Ovechkin just, he's he's really good. Yep. <laughs> So did you um, just figure that out? <laughs> just figured that out. He's won. He's won this award a lot. I didn't realize that. No, but um, but no. Good. Good for uh for Pasta to be in such great company. Yep. I I wish that he had another game to eke out just that the actual win. But did you think that when they drafted Pasta, he would be like this good? Oh no. No. I I, I saw him down in Providence. I saw him in Providence. And when he was on the ice with other players, he looked very different than the other players. So you could tell, like, oh, wow, this kid's good. But you didn't really know until, like, the last couple of years how good he could be. Anyway, uh, so, yes, so that's uh, all great. Um, yesterday, they did the Ted Lindsay finalists, and no Bruins were there, so I don't know if I even want to care about talking about it. <laughs> A non-Bruin will win it, and all the finalists are deserving of it. Sure, if you want to say that. Excellent. That's fine. I think one of them was Dreitzeitel, another was McKinnon, and... And then uh, Panarin. Oh, Panarin. Right, 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 right. Okay, good, 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 good. And uh, today, they announced the Jack Adams Award nominees. And uh, I'm I'm happy to say that Bruce Cassidy was one of the nominees. I think he was nominated last year too. Uh, year before that. Oh, it was the year before? It wasn't last year. No, he's uh, two of the last three. He's been awarded. Oh, okay. Well, he didn't win, so whatever. Right. Um. So yeah, Bruce Cassidy, John Tortorella of Columbus Blue Jackets, and Lane Vigneault, Philadelphia. If you ask me. Okay, this is really hard because it's like, one, I want to say Bruce Cassidy already because he's amazing and this team has been just really fun since he took over. But Elaine Vigneault took a team that was like nothing last year and Mm -hmm. he got them to where they are. So he's like really worth it. And then Tortorella, man, that Columbus Blue Jackets team was like comprised completely of who is their team? Rochester? No. It, it was... Oh, Springfield. No. Is it Springfield? I don't know AHL affiliates. <laughs> I just know they, it just feels like their team was entirely consisted of Latvian goalies. Oh, my God. I love the Latvian goalies. I love <laughs> Elvis Merzlikens. Oh, I love him so much. I do. Oh, my God. He's like, he's so fun. He celebrates so fun. 
So I'm going to look it up. Columbus. I always get this mixed up. I should be better about this next year. Ah, Columbus AHL affiliate is... Oh, Cleveland. Oh, that's convenient. Okay, well, yeah, it is because they're like right up the road. Seriously. Okay, so, um, yeah. So guess what? It was like there was a period of time when it was just all of their players because they had so many injuries and Tortorella managed to get them within breathing room of the, uh, of the, uh, playoffs. And then, you know, because of the pause they're in. So this is pretty good. So I just want to point out, well, yeah, I think we, many people picked Columbus to be a bottom feeder. They were not, but they also had 15 loser points. Well, the Bruins were far behind. Yeah, the Bruins had, had 12. Yeah. Yeah, we did not win a lot in overtime. <laughs> and yeah, 0 for 7 in the shootout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, you know what? I look forward. I, I think my the the um the matchup I really am looking forward to in the qualifying round is the Blue Jackets uh Leafs matchup. I really want the Blue Jackets to beat them. Just a I just think whoever wins will probably have uh, mostly blue jerseys. <laughs> I'm so excited Seth Jones will be back. He's my boy. And I He's a good player. I enjoy watching him play. I really enjoy Seth Jones. He's so Well, I I like his personality. He's kind of sweet. Uh, but I also like to watch him play. He's really good. Uh, I was very doubtful uh, of that uh, trade, you know, when he was traded away from the Preds. But maybe that was the best thing for him. I think it was. You know, because Johansson also is thriving more, I think, down in, uh, in Nashville. And that was a one-on-one uh, one trade. Boom, boom. And I, if you want to talk about Preds trades, I know this is getting off topic but didn't montreal win the suban uh weber trade i think it's too soon to tell okay because weber was out for quite a while in fact it, he was really doubtful to return but he did make it back i mean i guess if you're looking at it you're giving it the eyeball test yes because weber's still there mm-hmm. and the preds uh traded suban away so, but I also know that David Poyle is kind of like a mercenary. And the minute he feels like you're not helpful anymore, he will get rid of your ass. Yeah. I think this is something we'd have to examine. For another day. We'll, we'll table this for right now. Yes. But basically, uh, you might be onto something and you might very well be right. And I think P.K. Subban is, is helpful to the NHL in some other ways that Shea Weber isn't. So... There, you know. Oh, I re- I much rather hang out with uh, PK Subban. Oh yeah, yeah. Excuse me. He's uh, he's, he's awesome. He he is. It's like you would have, you know. I have a feeling like you would hang out with him, and you wouldn't feel like he wasn't paying attention to you enough, even if mm-hmm. it was like a crew, group of people and stuff like that. I feel like, excuse me, he's a people person, and you know, he's a lot of fun. So yes, I like PK Subban. Uh, I do not boo him like other Bruins fans do. Oh. I mean, I know, still has a little bit of hab stink on him, but now we're two teams away, so maybe lay off of it, guys. That's all. 
All right. So, you know, speaking of defensemen, we do have to talk about one of our yes. own defensemen. Yes, we do. Tori Krug spoke to the media the other day. I don't know if anybody's been following this, but he's still not signed for next season. And it's going to be hard to sign him in some respects because the salary cap is flat at 81.5, which is good because it could have gone down. But uh, it's going to remain relatively flat for several years because of COVID and paying down COVID mm -hmm. debts. So uh, basically, it's a tough time to sign people. The Bruins still have something like 20-something million dollars in in space uh, for next season because you do have UFAs like Chara, which I don't want to think about him going away, but uh, Nordstrom is the other one I can think of off the top of my head. You know, you'll be rid of Brett Ritchie's contract. Valeski's uh, retained cap hit is gone. Yep, Zeidenberg's, uh, Zeidenberg. uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it, that's going to be gone too, so that gave them $3 million extra. So... And uh, the the corpse of Kevin Miller comes off the books as well. Oh, poor Kevin Miller. But yes, yeah. that's true. Uh, so, you know, there there is space. Uh, I, I said this morning to uh, people that I really felt like uh, Tory Krug was, I, I think that the issue is more years. Mm -hmm. It's term rather than money. Because I think he has a, a money figure because, you know, it's basically players go, hey, I want this much money. And then the team figures out how to make that work. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So I think that it's it's term. And I think the Bruins want to sign him for shorter term. And I think he wants longer term. And that's the sticking point right now. And, you know, we know that there are some prominent RFAs that need to be signed in the next year. So it's really hard. But the thing that's more distressing to me right now about it is not only is he not signed, but it doesn't sound like Sweeney's really done anything to talk to his party about mm -hmm. it. And that's disturbing to me. You've had time. You've had these last few months to, to talk about this. There was no, nobody said you can't talk about this anymore. So Tory Crew came out the other day and said, hey, um, I'm giving them until we go to Toronto. Once mm. once I go up to the bubble, I don't want to talk about a contract. I want to focus on playing. That's it. I think it's good. Mm. Uh, I think it's it's good for him. I think it's good that he stated that so that, you know, and I'm sure that Sweeney already knew that anyway. So work at a deal. Work it out now. Figure it out. You have this time. He is much more important to talk about than Jake DeBrusque, who is an RFA, right? Jake DeBrusque, of Brusque in Spanish, of course. Um, good player. I like him. Um, my he, he took my number 74, but he, he asked for permission, so it's okay. But if you're asking me who's more important to the team, Tory Krug or Jake DeBrusque, you, uh, you, you got to pick one or the other. I know Jake DeBrusque is uh, six years younger at this point, just because of his age has more potential, but Tory Krug plays a much more pivotal position. Yeah. You know, I, I think that the knock on, on Tory Krug is wondering about his uh, durability because he's <laughs> five foot nine, which I don't believe for a minute that he's five foot nine, but okay. Oh, yeah. um, he's five foot nine and uh, you know, Tiny defensemen can get knocked around a lot. 
of course, you know, I say this a year after he trucked Robert Thomas, which was one of my favorite yes. moments. And I was at that game. <sighs> <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> um, uh, May David Perron rot in hell. That's all I can say. But yeah, anyway. Oh, yes. Yeah. But, but, but anyway, you know, I think that, I think that Tori Krug is probably like a, a Marty St. Louis, not the same position. I know, but small guy. Right. I think Marty St. Louis is actually an inch shorter. Small guy was able to play till he was 40. Right. I think Krug can last six, seven years. And if you sign him for six or seven years, you know, you, maybe you don't want to sign him for eight. I get it. If you sign him for six or seven years, though, I feel like he'll be able to play that contract. Will it be absolutely the same? Maybe not. But he's going to be in your leadership group because that's another thing he said. He, he said that he's going to prepare for free agency and the things that are important to him are basically uh, location in, in terms of where to raise his family. You know, so he wants to, wants good schools and good climate. And what I'm trying to say is he, he uh, you know, he just, he wants to make sure that uh, he's in the right place. So it's like, while you know, you could say, oh, well, you know, the Red Wings have lots of money. They can throw the boat at him you know they could even make him captain if they wanted to because they don't have a captain right now they they could do all this stuff and it's like he may want that he may not i mean i think he wants to be uh he wants up he wants to be on a team that's competitive and he preferably wants to just be here because this is what he knows you know so i'm just like um i just feel like you have to make him an offer in good faith Come on, do it. Don't undersell him. See what you can do. I, he wants to, he said he would take a discount of some kind. So make it work, Donnie. He's already part of the leadership group here. He doesn't have the C or the A, but does that matter? No. No. Will he eventually have the A? Probably. So just, you know, just do Sign it, Donnie. Sweens. Yeah. I'm trying not to be very frustrated about this. Uh, on the one hand, I know like it could be a very real possibility in October he goes and signs with somebody else. But uh, I, there's time. There's time. It gets very difficult because if I'm him, if the Bruins, of course, give me an awesome offer before I head up to Toronto, I take it. But, of course, if I'm also him, how the Bruins do this playoff run might affect what I do after. Mm. If they win this playoff round, his mm. value goes up. That's right. And I'm sure the Bruins, everyone on the team be like, you know what? You've earned your payday. You've been with us um, consistently since 2013. Here's your, you know, take your reward. You'll and always have a, a place in Boston, but take your reward. And he'll have won the cup. So the pressure's yep. off. So, yeah, I, I didn't think about that in that terms. This is why it's good to have different people. There you go. Yeah, so we can think mm -hmm. about these things. So, just sign him, Donnie. This is like the cheapest he's going to be. Sign him. You know, unless he blows out a knee in the in the thing, and I don't want that to happen. Yeah, knock on wood. Don't want, knock in. No, not in twos. Not in, in series of twos, okay? 
whew, yes, we don't want anything bad to happen to him, but, you know, sign him now. Get this done. Uh, it was, like, painful to actually watch the interview because it's just like, he's like, he's he's the NHLPA representative. He and Carlo are both representatives. He was talking about the CBA. He said it was a good deal for the players. He's glad that it's done. And he also acknowledges how difficult it's going to be, you know, because uh, there isn't really going to be very much profit sharing in the next few years. But, you know, to see him talk about how, you know, he he guesses it's going to be free agency for him. It's sad. It really is because it didn't have to come down to this. It seems to me that they should have been able to to work something out. Now, if he goes out and gets like a uh, eleven million dollar deal per season, would be like, oh well, good good for you. Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you the truth. If he can get like if he gets north of uh, of eight, mm-hmm. you know what? There's no way the Bruins could do that. It's fine. It's 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 fine. I'm not going to get mad at a player for wanting to go get more money because mm-hmm. careers, even though NHL careers are a little bit longer than other sports, you just get your money while you can. Cause they're, you know what? The owners are stingy as fuck. Stingy AF. There you go. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, I felt like we needed to talk about that a little bit. Hopefully there'll be a better update next week, but you know, Yeah. So, okay, so let's go over this. We've talked about the bubble things a little bit. I mean, we haven't talked about specifics of the bubble, which basically is like self-isolation, no hanging out with your friends. This Again, is all a job. Um, their their loneliness and sad sadness is something I'm willing to sacrifice. <laughs> it's something that they're kind of willing to yeah. to sacrifice, you know, right now to to get the cup. It is the hardest trophy to win. And it's uh, it's really awesome and special. So, okay. All right. So, you know, I was going to talk a little bit about the specifics of the CBA. I do have that here somewhere. Yes, I do. I have a lot of things that are printed out because I need to talk to people about stuff. Oh, did I put it at the top? Did I put it at the top? I did. I'm sorry. I'm starting to talk <laughs> like I do to my dog. I'm like, you want to go out for a walk? You want to go out for a walk? Yes, you do. Okay. Want to talk about the CBA? <laughs> want to talk about the CBA? You want to talk about the CBA? Oh, let me give you scratches. We'll talk about the CBA. Oh. <laughs> Modify the last two years of the current deal plus two more. <gasps> oh, so oh, good. Oh, oh. Uh, actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. modified the last two years plus four. Oh, plus four. Oh, plus my four. mistake. I thought it was uh, four total. Okay, so it says, uh, let's see, buh, 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 buh. so escrow is going to be capped at twenty percent uh, mm-hmm. for this se- uh, for the next season, actually for twenty 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 one, fourteen to eighteen percent for twenty one twenty two, ten percent, which is what it had been uh, mm-hmm. for twenty two twenty three, and six percent in twenty twenty three to twenty four, twenty four twenty five, and twenty five twenty six. So it's going to be, so yeah, okay, so. <laughs> Escrow is just a pain in the ass to discuss, uh, so I'm not going to talk about it right now. But anyway, um, escrow is, um, you know, uh, I, I remember seeing something saying that basically, you know, um, whereas most of the time the players end up getting um, money back in the profit sharing thing after putting money into escrow, they're not going to do that 
for much of this deal because they owe lots of money towards mm-hmm. making sure the debts are taken care of. So, yeah, let's see. So a year will automatically be added to the CBA through the 26-27 season and it expires at September 16th, 2027. If after the escrow debt exceeds $125 million, but is less than $250 million. Okay. Like I said, I don't really want to talk about that right now. Yes. Okay. So the big thing, the they're going to return to Olympic competition at Beijing and at Milano Cortina. Ooh. Yeah. So 2022 and 2026. Pending agreements reached with the International Ice Hockey Federation and International Olympic Committee. So, yeah. So basically, hey, that's a big thing. That's what the players wanted. Uh, okay, players will defer 10% of their salaries for the upcoming season. That will be paid out in equal installments over the next uh, the three seasons. Uh, bonus playoff pool will double the season from $16 million to $32 million. Ooh. Um, Composition to each player will increase each round. Okay, obviously. Minimum salary will de- increase from 700000 to 750000 next year. And the year after, and then seven hundred and seventy-five thousand in uh, twenty twenty-three through twenty twenty-six. So, sounds like I need to make the NHL. I know, huh? And maximum entry level will increase from nine hundred twenty-five k to uh, nine hundred fifty k for twenty twenty-two and twenty twenty-three, and then nine hundred seventy-five thousand for twenty-four and twenty-five. And one million. <gasps> They're gonna hit the one million mark in twenty twenty six. Wow. I I my my bowels moved when I heard that. <laughs> wow. I think the, the big picture is a deal has been done. Yeah, that is that. That's... And we get Olympic hockey. And we get Olympic hockey. Hockey. You know, it's a shame that we're going to lose the uh, the World Cup of Hockey. It, you know, it was a, such a shame. You know how much I loved it. Oh, it was great. I really enjoyed watching those games. I don't, I don't think I watched any of those games. I watched um, a few of the USA games. It was just weird. I just... It seemed like some players took it seriously and others did not. Yeah. I mean, to me, it was just like, why are we doing this? Give me hockey. Like, give Mm -hmm. me the hockey I care about. (laughs) I don't like the timing of it. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what? It's like Patrice Bergeron is always struggling with groin injuries. I don't want to see him play. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to see him play here. I want him to play for the Bruins. That's it. He's won enough gold stuff. Yeah, gold stuff. Gold stuff. He, he's won enough gold medals with Canada. I don't want to see him do anything else for Canada. Fuck that. Just the Bruins from now on, dude. Uh, all right. So, all right. So, yes, the big takeaway is that there's a deal that's been done. We don't have to worry about a lockout or a stoppage for a long time. And I think. That's really great because if they had not worked on the CBA, one, they needed to because they kind of needed to have some uh, also have like a side guidance on how to do this postseason thing because it's unprecedented. And then two, 
they uh they needed to um do something before September 19th of this season or this year because uh it was going to trigger an opt out mm. which could have triggered a work stoppage so excuse me i i i remember one of the reporters said something like you know what the NHL and the NHLPA worked on this deal they got it done in four months with nobody being in the same room with each other. That's maybe amazing. That's, maybe that's the secret. We The world's a better place without us seeing each other in the same room. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I guess it was just much less tension. So good. I'm glad they got it done. Fantastic. All right. So is there anything else that we really need to cover? Um. I I don't think so. I think uh, the only thing I was going to add, um, I'm glad we're talking about hockey right now. I think um, roughly a month ago when you and I messaged each other to see if we were going to do a podcast, we kept on <laughs> delaying it because <laughs> at the, right when we agreed to, to make this podcast, boom, Tampa Bay had to shut down its training facility and um, – Austin Matthews got tested positive for, for, for coronavirus. And so both of us were very pessimistic at the time. Uh, I guess we were, we just captured in the moment, but here we are. It really looks like it's about to happen. I really, you know what? I hope it does. I hope everybody manages to stay safe. Um, I hope nobody gets sick and I, I just hope this can happen because I think, it's, you know what? It's nice to have something hopeful to look forward to. It's like something good, you know, because there's so much, so much going around right now that is just not so good. And it's, it's hard to, uh, we, we need a little bit of distraction and a little mm. bit of good, you know? So I, I'm happy about that. Like I said, I'm not going to talk about the morality of this or the morality of wa my wanting this. Mm. Not on the table today. Sorry, guys. Um, I, uh, but I, I really kind of want this to happen because I just, I miss hockey. I mi I love playoff hockey. Love it so much. And even if it's bad playoff hockey, it's playoff, it's playoff hockey. hockey. Right. Right. So it's like, there's something at stake. So that'll be really cool. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how everything gets pulled off. So, um, so it'll be exciting. So I, I, I don't know if we'll have an episode next week. We'll see. Um, I mean, we will have more stuff to talk about next week, so we probably should just say like, we'll have an episode next week and we'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm glad that you weren't too sad or mad at me for like, not like not shoring up doing an episode because I was just like, I know we said we're going to do this, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so angry at you. No, no. Worked out perfectly. <laughs> I, I figured, like, no, we just need to wait to the right time. And the right time was now. Listener, oh, do you want to do the thing or do you want me to do the thing? Where, where we tell where we can be found? Yeah, I'm, I'm really terrible at it. So I always like it when other people do it. <laughs> um, if you scream very loudly, we'll just show up. That's how we're, we can be, we be found. One of us can be found. No, that's not how we do it. No, I believe, listeners. Well, we can be found wherever you originally found us. 
in addition to iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Um, there's got to be more. Spotify. Spotify. That's always the one I forget now. Yeah, well, it's the new one. So it's the new one, yeah. Yeah, and Stitcher. Stitcher, I believe we can be found in Stitcher, oh, yes. too. Uh, we, we have somewhat of an online presence on Twitter at Barely on Topic and on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. And of course, if you want to talk to us, give us encouragement, give us a thumbs up emoji or whatever, uh, you can do that at our personal accounts. I feel like I'm missing something, but whatever. Uh, I am at VA from RI, and I actually did it right this time. I'm at Nick Baggio. Good luck spelling my last name. (laughs) How did they say it during um, graduation? Oh, my God. Okay. So, listeners, I, I graduated uh, from college. It was awesome. And I wasn't in, my, my ceremony was online. Completely okay with that understanding. But they butchered my last name. Nick um, Badaggio. Nick Badaggio. Nick Badaggio. <laughs> yes. Because I remember, like, Dodge. I don't like Dodges. I don't. I, I, I enjoy Japanese vehicles. Even though I drive a, a, a Volkswagen. But yes, Nick Badaggio. What also made it just hurt a little bit, I laughed. I mostly just laughed, is I knew the person saying my name. We had a meeting a couple of days before, and she, she it's all right. She's a good lady. <laughs> you know, Nick- what's really funny is like when I first saw your last name, I knew exactly how to say it because it's not hard. It's like badge, mm-hmm. except it, take the E off and put an I-O. Badgio. Nick- that's that's it. It's not hard. How she got Dodge, Dodge, Nick Badaggio. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, it was great though. A lot of people had a lot of fun with it, so it's okay. Yeah, Badaggio. Hello, Nick Badaggio. Yes, and when you said Volkswagen, I went in my head. I went Volkswagen. <laughs> um, we don't have Tim to to do the the final word there so what are you gonna say in honor of, of tim word <laughs>